What is going on, guys? I want to welcome you all to the 27th episode of the Paramount Podcast, guys. I am your host, Thomas Michael Para, of the most underrated relationship lifestyle podcast on Earth, guys. And I want to, pe- I just kind of stuttered there. I want to um, apologize, you guys, because I did not get a podcast out last week. Um, and I'm going to explain exactly why. But we're, we'll get into that, guys. Um, yeah, and for those of you who have the first times listening, for those of you who do not know, the Paramount Podcast is all about becoming, being the carpenter of your life, guys. And in the logo, the fist and the hammer, it the hammer basically signifies the only tool that can build and destroy. And essentially, build the life you want and destroy and knock everything down in your way. That is stopping you. Guys, we are currently sitting at, I am currently sitting at 180 pounds of nails and wooden. All that is good, guys. Down from 225 pounds in 11 months. I've essentially lost 45 pounds or 21 kilograms, guys, in 11 months. And I've got one more month to go to see what I can do in my one-year transformation. You know, always living by that first form, legionnaire example, guys. Getting people in that app as well. In the My Transformation app, getting people to their goals as well. Their fitness goals, health goals, life goals, and everything in between, guys. Because you know that with health and fitness, man, it's more than just health and fitness. It's just, it's just life. It's just, it's life. And that's what the Paramount Podcast is all about, guys, you know? The most underrated relationship lifestyle podcast on earth, guys. And I actually, today's date is uh, December 5th, which means it is the dichotomy of Sundays, guys, with the momentous energy for the week ahead, clashing with the reflective energy of the past week. And it just makes for like, you're in kind of like a limbo between weeks, right? And I just love that energy for the podcast. It just makes for some good freaking podcast, guys. We are currently sitting at 1,900 listens, which is insane. Downloaded and streamed in over 30 countries, you guys. I just want to say thank you. I'm so grateful for all of you listening, supporting the Paramount Podcast. Uh, it's just crazy. We're going to be getting hitting you know, hopefully 2,000 listens with this that with this episode. And uh, I got a lot to say in this episode, so I'm going to try and keep it, you know, to the point, The main keeping the main thing the main thing here, guys. But before I get into that, I just want to say, please rate and review this on Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. Share with a family and friend, guys. It's the only way that the podcast gets out to help other peoples. And, uh, and obviously, you know, let me know what you guys think of each and every episode. Um, let me know your thoughts. This is all, this is social media, you know? We're supposed to be social. I don't just want to sit here and, you know, talk to you guys and not respond back to me. It's it, it's two-way street here. And um, guys, currently, for those of you who are first form, you know, for those of you who are 75 Harding, I actually just finished phase two of 75 Hard on the 28th. So basically like Thursday or something, um, it's t- it took me, you know, so for the first 75 days of 75 hard, I got through it. It was not easy by any means. I did a podcast on that one. You guys can peep that one. One of the best podcasts probably. 
in the Paramount Library. Uh, phase one sucked too, you guys. It had cold, five minute cold showers every day. There was the power list, um, among many other things. And then, you know, there's that 30 day waiting period in between phase one and phase two to basically, um, make sure, cause you know, we as just basically humans or whatever, as soon as we, as soon as we're done a plan, a diet plan, a challenge, we fall off, right? As soon as the training wheels are gone, we fall off. As soon as we stop working with a coach, we fall off. So the whole point of the 30 days in between phase one and phase two is to make sure that you can stay on the wagon until 30 days have passed, and then you're allowed to start phase two. And phase two, uh, it took me, I failed it twice, you guys, basically halfway through uh, each time. And so it essentially took me like, over 50 days to get through the 30 days of phase two. And, you know, but I'm stronger because of it. And, you know, this, this, sorry, what is this episode about? Well, episode 27 of the Paramount Podcast is about my 10 weeks learning mental warfare, mental toughness with the one and only Tim S. Grover in the very first down and dirty mental warfare program where we were all personally selected by Tim himself and probably Sherry as well, um, who's also badass. And guys, there was only 200 of us in this exclusive group of the very first down and dirties. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Tim S. Grover is, he's essentially, he, not essentially, he was Michael Jordan's trainer for 15 years exclusively mj paid him not to train anyone else to have that edge and he has also ever since then he has also uh worked side by side for many years with kobe bryant with Dwayne wade um and many many others you guys many other cleaners and i can get into what a cleaner is but that's not what the podcast is about um and I'm not going to share anything in too much detail about what we learned in the Down and Dirty for the last 10 weeks. Um, because if you want to do that, you can join me and all of the other allies in the Down and Dirty um, second program that's going to be starting in January 2020, guys. If you want to get in on that, let me know. Send me DMs or anything, and I will get you the link. I will talk to Tim personally. Um, and he can send me a link, then I can send you the link, guys, because it's all about, you know, rising up together and, and changing things in your life permanently, and the down and dirty has changed my mental game forever, literally, and I'm going to get into a little bit of what has changed for me learning from the, from the, um, down and dirty program, but, uh, this... Hopefully this podcast isn't a little bit all over the place, but I got a lot I want to share, so uh, we're just going to try and get into it. So basically, what am I doing now? Well, I just finished the 10-week program with Tim Grover and all of my allies, like I said, the Down and Dirties guys, uh, purely mental program, much like 75 Hard, although you do have the physical changes that you can see in progress it's all mental game. 75 hard is not about, it's not a diet or exercise plan, guys. It is a mental toughness program. 
you're essentially retraining your subconscious mind in a lot of ways. And I can get into that in another something episode or something. But um, I finished that program with Tim a few weeks ago. And, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to do it because it was because of a huge acting and modeling convention that I just came back from last Monday called Faces West um, in Vancouver. Um, and I have guys, I've also been working. I'm also a part of the Arete Syndicate founded by Andy Frisella and Ed Milet. If you're not following those two gentlemen on the social medias and the Instagrams and the podcasts, you need to be. And you also need to be following Tim S. Grover on everything. Um, and so I'm part of the Arte Syndicate Accelerator, which is basically a similar, it's a community of entrepreneurs uh, basically trying to change the toxic space of entrepreneurship that we're all coming, that we see these days of people claiming to be successful entrepreneurs and then trying to sell you a bunch of books, a bunch of crap. Um, of things that they've never even done. Um, and it's, you know, Arte is all about a global movement and basically helping people using their gifts, finding their gifts to make a livings and helping other people doing the same thing. Um, it's really just a global movement. I'll, I'll have to do a podcast on the Arte Syndicate uh, just all on its own. But so I've been working with Tim Grover. I am part of the Arte Syndicate. I have been working with my coach, Yucky Lovato, on the Instagrams, guys. And like I said, I got one month left for my one-year transformation. Um, we'll see if I can get down to losing a total of 50 pounds. That would be crazy, like 25 kilograms in a year. Um, and keeping the shape that I'm in right now. And, you know, guys, if you want to... Oh, also, if you want to get in with the Arte Syndicate, let me know. I can get grab you the link for that too, guys. I'm all about sharing about everything that I've been doing. I'm not about keeping secrets or like trying to keep some kind of edge over people and not letting anyone know what I'm doing so I can be a, just a little bit better. It's not like that. You know, you guys can work with me because I am also a first form legionnaire. You can work with me in the app, in the My Transformation app where I can be your advisor. I can foresee over your all of your diet and training. I can make adjustments. Um, I can alter your diet, I can alter your training, I can see your progress pictures, your weigh-ins every day, guys, accountability to the umph degree, and it is me that is in with you in the app, but I mean, for those of you who also, I'm nothing against anyone working with my own personal coaches, I think you guys should sign up to work with Tim S. Grover, I think you guys, if you want to, if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, or you are an entrepreneur, then I will do all I can to hook you up with Arte Syndicate with Andy and Ed. And if you are already a successful entrepreneur, you can become part of the um, Arte Syndicate. There are requirements to be in the syndicate, and I'm also in the I'm in the accelerator. So I'm basically like an entrepreneur that's starting out, right? Trying to learn from the very beginning. And if you're if you're a fresh entrepreneur or you just want to learn about that kind of stuff in business and life. In that sense, um, that's another thing, guys. I, I can grab you that stuff. And you guys want to work, anyone wants to work with my coach, Yucky Lovato, Chris Lovato, I'll fucking give you his link too, man. It doesn't, it's not, I'm not trying to say he's my coach and my coach only. You want to work with him too? Like, I only work with the best of everything. 
if anyone knows who Tim Grover is, Annie Frisella is, um, Ed Milet, or Chris Lovato, you know that they're the best at what they do. And that's why I work with them. And if you guys, anyone wants to work with my coach one-on-one, I'll get you the link. If you want to work with me, I'll get you the link. Keep in mind that I've been working with all these people. So even though they're masters at what they do, I'm kind of like becoming like, I'm like a hybrid of them all, right? So I got a little bit of everything from everywhere, and which just makes me really good at solving problems. And on to the next thing, guys. I've also been working with the ATG group, Athletic Truth Group, Athletic Truth Group, Ben Patrick, the Knees Over Toes guy on the Instagram, and the Mr. Infinity on the Instagrams, and the Flexi Bowl on the Instagrams, guys. Uh, fixing my broken ankles and my knees and my back. For those of you who don't know, about 10 years ago, I had a workplace accident where I fell off a two-story house because um, I do build houses. I'm a carpenter by trade, and... I actually broke both ankles, and it put me in a wheelchair for about a year, you guys. I had surgery, metal in both feet. I had to learn to walk again. It fucked my feet up. My feet still hurt every single day of every second of every step. But And my knees and my low back have degenerative arthritis from the fall as well. Um, point being is I have actually never felt better in probably 10 years since the last five or six months of working with Ben Patrick um, and everyone else at the Athletic Truth Group, guys. And if you have any back pain, knee pain, neck pain, foot pain, shoulder pain, or you just want to get more athletic athleticism, explosive, you want to dunk on a 10-foot net, you want to break running records, guys. I've been breaking my 4.5-kilometer record. Uh, it's like I'm like down to 20 minutes. I can run 4.5K in 20 minutes as where when I first started. I think it was somewhere like 32 or 33 or 4 or 5 minutes, guys. It's insane. And so you want to got you guys you have anything like that? Um, knee pain, knee surgeries, foot pain, foot surgeries, back surgeries, you let me know. I'll grab you the link, man, and I'll hook you up with who I'm working with. I work with Ben in the True Coach app, in the ATG app, guys. I work with him every day. I send him film. Um I send him film. He critiques it in like real time. Some of the best coaching on the internet in terms of response time, in terms of just badass. I call him the mad scientist, and that is what he is. Guys, I'm also doing the podcast, obviously. And something that I recently started was Masterclass. Um, I started the Masterclass only like maybe two weeks ago. Probably some of the best money that I've ever spent. You get like 70 or 80% off if you buy for the whole year. I think I spent $250 for the entire year of masterclass, guys, and I get access to like 75 masterclasses. And I've taken acting classes with Samuel L. Jackson, with Natalie Portman, uh, a singing masterclass with Christina Aguilera, because that woman can belt. And um, now I'm taking a comedian masterclass um, with a Mr. Jude, and I can't remember his last name. Apollo or something like that, but um, again, man, I'm always remaining a student, and I took it basically because of this Faces West that was coming up, and I'm going to get into that. Um, so guys, just to clarify, what I've been doing, some of what I've been doing is working with Tim Grover, uh, Arte Syndicate, 
Yaki Lavavado, my coach, the ATG coaches. I'm also a first form legionnaire. I'm also making podcasts and I'm also doing masterclass. And I also was doing 75 hard and probably some other things. Still having a bit of a social life, you know, having a bit of fun here and there. Last night I went out and I think I drank like 12 or 15 vodkas. Kind of felt that today. I'm not going to lie, but I had fun. And But guys, let's get into it. So basically, what is Faces West? Well, it's a big acting, huge acting and model convention. The biggest one basically on the west side of Canada, Faces West. Um, and I think it, I can't remember now. I should be able to remember, but it's somewhere, I think, around 20 years, 25 years maybe, that it's been running and it's getting bigger every single year. And I went basically because there's... I had the opportunity to meet basically 50 of uh, top international agents and scouts from all around the world for acting and modeling. And there was competitions. And I signed up for everything, right? I signed up for it all. Um, I signed up for the acting and the modeling. And so it was basically four days, guys. And I was there for about five days, five and a half days. And... Um, You know, I wanted to, so we had to do it basically perform a cold reading, which is basically you get a script, you got like three minutes to prepare, and you go, and you perform it in front of all the judges, right? Um, it's not about the memorization with a cold reading, or even acting in general, word for word. It's more about finding the character, finding that who that character is, and creating that character, um, and bringing that out. So, you know, if I'm supposed to be exhilarated and I walk into a room and I'm like, hey guys, what's going on? You know, remember that time when we went out and it doesn't have to be, maybe those aren't the exact words that are written in the script. Maybe I walk in and it's like, you know, a bit different of a script, but the whole point is I'm supposed to be exhilarated. So it doesn't really matter what necessarily I'm saying, as long as I'm coming across as being exhilarated. Um, anyways, so I did the cold reading. I did, I've written my, my own monologue. We could pick a monologue from a movie, but I decided like for me to try and act like Robert De Niro or Al Pacino or, <laughs> I should have done like a Ray Liotta, man. It was Ray Liotta. Just, he's just badass, man. I'm just naming a bunch of mobster gangsters, uh, even Joe Pesci. But for me to try and like act those guys, you know, and I'm not supposed to necessarily mimic them. I'm still supposed to do their character, but in my own way of who like... Thomas is, right? And I was just like, you know, why would I do that? Why don't I just write a monologue that's just perfect for me? Because for one, I don't have they're not going to be able to compare me to anyone. For two, I don't want to do a monologue chancing that someone else is going to be doing the same monologue because then, you know, what if they do it better? Um and if I forget a line or something, no one's going to know. So I figured yeah, you know, I got to go through a bit of the extra work of writing my own monologue, but I still think in the end it was the better choice. And I wrote my wrote and written my own monologue, and it was one minute long. Um, so that's a long time, and that I had to perform in front of basically I think maybe seven or eight judges, and the entire actually the entire actual convention and contestants guys, which would have been probably around four hundred people, up on stage in a quiet auditorium, right? Because you walk out and it is silent, because people are acting and competing and sometimes some of these you know my monologue was extremely high energy and extremely passionate um 
um, extremely emotional and 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 loud and kind of in your face. It's, but where some monologues were like you know heartbreaking, like crying scenes and things like that. So it has to be quiet, right? And everyone is watching you. And I think uh, public speaking is like one of the most number one biggest fears, right? And fuck, performing a monologue in front of 400 people is nerve-wracking. Um, I'm going to get into how I did it exactly. Some things that I had learned through Tim Grover in The Down and Dirty. Um, and then I also had to, do, I had to do a TV commercial. And I actually did a first-form protein and or post-workout commercial Basically, because I'm first, I'm a first form legionnaire. Uh, I help people get jacked and shredded. I, you know, I provide supplements when needed. You know, I'm not going to provide my mother or like your grandmother or your aunt with like a pre workout and some fat burners, or necessarily your dad with like some test boosters if he's not even taking a protein. Right? That's what first form is about. Not over prescribing. It's about only giving getting people what they need. At the bare minimum, because if you give, if you start off with every single tool in the bag, what happens when you exhaust them all? So, um, and it's not about selling, it's about helping people. And the post-workout stack is like the most important thing in the entire company system. Not even, just in health, just in uh, like getting fitness goals. Post-workout is where most people lack. And if you need, if you want to talk more about post-workout, you know, you know where to find me and I'll do everything that I can to educate you. But so I did my TV commercial on that and that had to be 30 seconds. And I wrote that as well. I've written that one as well. And I just figured it was better. I mean, what better? And also I can talk enthusiastically about post-workout, about protein, right? So, um, and then there was two uh runway competitions i believe one was formal and one was more like sportswear type stuff so you a little more like athletic wear right so a lot of girls were wearing like um tights and things and you know guys were could be wearing shorts or like um sweatsuits or like you know muscle shirt like more casual and then so there were two runway competitions and then there was a photography competition where you literally walked in a line um with two of your best photos out of your model portfolio and you walked in line in front of all the judges and you could not speak to the or in front of all the agents and scouts sorry you couldn't speak to them at this time only if they spoke to you um because it's just too difficult like people would never move right in the line so and then there was also that was also a competition there was also a winner for that and um so i was actually part of and then the last day was all callbacks and go which is really why I went, was to talk personally with all these scouts and agents and get contracts. Um, the rest of the of it was just to practice my acting, practice my my modeling, um, and just refine my social skills, which <laughs> went next level. I literally talked, I think, to all 500 people that were there. I am not kidding you. I am not kidding you. I knew every single security guard, um, people working the doors, people in other conventions that weren't even affiliated with anything that I was doing. And I knew what they were, were their, their names, how long they were there for, what they were there for. Guys, I talked to everyone in that freaking convention center for five days, every single person. If there was a zombie apocalypse or like 
<coughs> something insane going on, a fire or something. I'm telling you, man, I got all the, I got, I'm telling you, I know where all the back doors are. I know where, like, I'm telling you, I was connected. And yeah, it was exhausting to talk to that many people, genuinely getting to know everyone. But as you know, the Paramount Podcast is all about relationships, guys. There's nothing more important than that. And I knew every single agent. I even went and spoke to agents that were only there for women. And they didn't know why I was speaking to them sitting at their table. And I was like, well, you know, nobody was, you know, nobody was sitting at your table. (laughs) So I just thought I'd sit down and, you know, get to know you for five minutes. See where you're from. What are you doing? Um, you know, is there a men's division in your agency? Talking to, because I'm not about, what is this woman who's only there for modeling going to do for me uh, if she's only looking for women? Can she really help me? I mean, you could think like, no, how can she help me? So I'm not going to go waste my time talking to her. Guys, it's not about what I can get from her or get from anyone. It's about what I can give to them. And... It was just kind of funny because I actually got called up um, and the whole convention changed after, I think it was day two. And I actually had an opportunity to go up on stage on a panel and sit up there with all of these people. Um, there were agents from Paris, from Milan. There were photographers from New York. There were a couple other models up there and things. And it was just basically because the majority of the convention was about trying to... Um, or uh, were new models and actors trying to get into the business. And I was considered, I was nine, my number was 921. Um, and so if you were in the 900s, you were considered an international model guest or, or a professional actor, actor, professional model. So we could not win any of the competitions being in the 900s. We were basically there just to meet agents and scouts in the end. Um, and, you know, support people, you know, new pe- new newcomers starting out and things like that, and um, but we couldn't win. But because I was considered um, a professional actor and model, because I have been in the industry for ten years, and I have I'm signed with agencies, and there's requirements to become that, to be in the nine hundreds. I got asked to if I wanted to go up on this panel and speak, and I said hell yeah, sure, one hundred percent, right. So it went through. There's maybe about 15 of us on stage, right? And it went through everybody, and I was actually last. And just to paint a bit of a picture for you guys, there's about, you know, a dozen chairs on stage. We were all sitting in a line in front of, you know, 400 people. And everyone had their turn to go, and it was basically like, what would you tell these people about the industry? These these newcomers, actors, and models, what would you tell them? If you could just tell them, like, a couple things, one or two things. And... Um, you know, some of the agents and scouts were telling them like, uh, you know, it's all about measurements. This is a business. You need, this is a serious business. And once you have measurements, your body measurements, whatever they are, you need to keep your measurements. This is a business. This is not. And if you don't keep your measurements, then you go home and you leave. And I completely 100% agree with that. But because it is a business. But at the same time, a lot of what they were speaking about was surface level type stuff, um, which is fine. But when it got to, when and another thing is that everyone was sitting down, like slouched over 
you know, with their hands on their knees, with their elbows resting on their knees, talking. Basically, like, looked like they were sitting on the side of, like, an NBA courtside. Talk, and that's how they were talking to a convention room full of people. And I just was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't want to bash the, like, I'm not trying to, ba- I'm not trying to, like, talk anyone down because uh, I think one gentleman, the very first gentleman, I think, would have, might have stood up. But then he had sat back down and nobody stood up after that when they were addressing everyone there. And I thought, this is just crazy. And again, not to bash anyone, because we all just kind of, you know, if one guy doesn't st- do something, then why does the next, right? It's just kind of follow the line. And, and I thought, no, this isn't cool. So when the microphone got to me, I, I stood up, I walked, I took a f- couple steps over to more to center stage, grabbed, uh, pulled a little bit more of the microphone cord my way, and I stood up in front of the panel behind me I stood up at the front of the stage and introduced myself addressing everyone standing with some with like some respect the way that I saw it like I'm not up on this stage any better than anyone that's here I'm not gonna sit down like that's just I don't know rubbed me the wrong way so I stood up and addressed everyone there and I was just like basically like I was like what's going on guys my name is Thomas um, I said, you know, the first thing that I want to say is that it is an absolute privilege to be here with all of you. And the second thing is, I just want to recognize to all of you that it is a privilege for all of us to be here. And you need to recognize that because not everyone can get into opportunities to where you can, can compete for modeling and acting and fashion. And you need to realize this is a privilege for one, if you want to get into this industry. And I think a lot of people were kind of put back by that because I wasn't talking about measurements or something like... I was talking about some deeper shit, some life shit. Um, Let's be honest, guys. It's a privilege to be concerned about working in fashion industry. You don't need fashion to survive. It's not a necessity of life. Now, I absolutely love fashion, obviously. I love the whole thing. I love fashion. I love acting. I love modeling. I love sets. I love shootings. I love runway. I love it all. But it's a privilege. And I just had said that. And then I said, basically, guys, why I am up here on stage is I have worked internationally, professionally for the last 10 years as a model and an actor overseas. I have traveled to over 20 different countries. And I'm not here to rub this in or to hold myself above you guys, I'm here to offer and extend a hand to you that if anyone in this building this entire weekend has any questions about absolutely anything, traveling, diet, training, fitness, modeling, anything related, or even not related, we can talk bread, because I actually baked four loaves of sour bread dough today, or four loaves of sour bread today. They're sitting upstairs, I'm gonna go crush one of those. You guys know I'm the bread daddy for those of you who follow me on the IGs. But anyways, <laughs> not getting off on a tangent here of bread. Um, and I just like, just come and ask me anything. If, you, if you're just wondering about anything, traveling, anything, visas, how anything works. And if I don't know the answer, I'll get you the answer. And from that point on, man, when I'm not kidding when I said I talked to every single person in this convention 
everyone knew who I was. And I said, come and ask me anything, you guys. Um, I'm the guy with the pink scrunchie. And everyone laughed. So I made the entire freaking room laugh too. And just bringing value, right? Bringing value. Education and humor is value. And ever since then, that entire weekend, I had so many parents, so many moms, so many dads come and talk to me like, how do you get your, like, what do you do when your kid's 17 and she's still in school or he's still in school, but they want to model full time and they think they have a lot of potential and how do you do it? And how do you do it without while they're in school? You know, I had so many parents, parents come and talk to me. And then later on, I see them later on. They're like, oh, hey, Thomas, this is my son or my my daughter, so-and-so. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, and I'm just supporting them. And I'm like, you got anything, you got anything you need, you know, whatever, follow, like, follow each other on Instagram, we can follow this, you DM me anytime, any whatever. Um, I'll set you up with people, I'll hook you up with agents, I'll hook you up with, you want to go somewhere. If you're going to go to India, and you're wondering, like, is India, what's India like? Do I really want to go to India? Is it safe in India? If you're going to go to China, what's China like? Is it safe in China? What's Hong Kong like? What's, you know, and you're concerned? Message me. And I'll tell you exactly how it is. I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say how wonderful and amazing it is, and what's great about it. But I'm also gonna tell you when and why you should be careful, and where and when and why you should be safe. You should be worried, like you know, more concerned about your safety and shit, guys. It's all about just helping everyone. And this this podcast is getting off on all kinds of areas, but um. Basically, guys, I was actually supposed to finish 75 hard um, a few weeks ahead of, ahead of, of uh, <laughs> going to Faces West. And I thought, oh, this is going to be perfect because um, this is just going to be perfect because then I'm going to have a few – I'm going to have like 10 or 12 days to work on my cold reading, work on my monologue, work on my TV commercial. I don't have to worry about 75 hard. Tim Grover – 10 weeks, down and dirty, ended around the same time. I was like, this is perfect. I can focus on everything. Well, I didn't finish 75 hard, guys. I was doing 75 hard when I was in Vancouver, getting up at 2.30 in the morning because I had to be ready by 8. So I would get up, you know, do my reading, do my progress pictures, get out for my 45-minute run or walk in the morning at like 3.30 in the morning, um, I'd get back around, I don't know, 4.30 or whatever. Then they give me a bit of time to kind of stretch and warm up in the hotel room. The gym opened at 6. I go across the street. I was extremely lucky that there was a community center literally 30 seconds away. Um, I was there at 5.59 every morning. I'd get my hour and a half, maybe workout, maybe an hour workout in and done. Back home, shower, change, and then off to the convention, guys, off to competing. And I was up at 2.30 in the morning, every day, and going to bed probably somewhere around 11 p.m. for those four days. Competing. People would think like, oh, you need your rest and everything. Yeah, probably, but I was also starting to think like, maybe this was supposed to happen because maybe having to do 75 hard while I was here is just going to give me that, even that extra mental edge over everyone because who the hell is getting up at 2.30 in the morning every single day that they're there after going to bed at 11.30 to work out? Who? To, to, to do 75 hard. And on top of it, I'm reading my book. Like I had 
TV commercial monologues and things that I had to memorize and shit. But I also had to read my 10 pages of my book. And it's like, I should be spending that time um, rehearsing. But at the same time, it's like, well, I can't. I'm doing 75 hard. And maybe it's, I've already learned. I already know my monologue and my TV commercial word for word. So for me to keep rehearsing it is pointless. What I really need to do is some things that I learned with Tim Grover and the Down and Dirty is I need to figure out how to get myself into the zone. How to channel that dark side, get myself into the zone. I already know what it is. And when I'm in the zone, all I got to do is basically like, you know, so for example, like when I had three chances this weekend to finally learn how to get myself in the zone. And it was with the, it was up with, it was with all the acting. It was with the cold reading, the monologue and the uh, TV commercial guys. And when, when it was getting close to my time and because I was a 900, we had to wait to very last. We had to wait. Like I was literally at the convention at eight, 9 AM in the morning and doing my acting competitions at like four or five in the afternoon. That's how long of a day it was. Um, and then there was still more stuff after, but we had, I literally, we were literally like waiting seven hours to finally perform. It was exhausting. But the, and you'd think like, oh, being a professional, being a 900, you should get to go first. But then I also started thinking like, well, you know, being a professional, I've been on set for 12, 16 hours or more. And you got to always be ready to go when everyone's ready to go. When you're on set, when you're on production of a film or, 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 or acting or modeling a photo shoot, in the grand scheme of the whole production of the job, the model or actor is minuscule. Little like space dust, literally. In the entire production of casting crew and props and setting and lights and cameras and equipment the actor and the model even though it's what you see on as an end result it's the really we're really just like the tiniest thing of the whole production but you got to be ready to go when shit goes because time is money and if you don't produce they'll find someone else so i was thinking being a professional having to be on standby for basically eight hours after being up at two 30 in the morning. Um, so I was essentially up for 17 hours before I got to do anything. Sometimes, um, you can't rehearse for that long either. And what, what, what I experienced was finally, I finally figured out how to get into the zone. Um, and I, anytime I got anywhere about from third person back in line from it being my turn, I noticed I was I was kind of like pacing back and forth. My feet wouldn't. I was standing in line, but my, I kept rocking back and forth from foot to foot, from foot to foot, from foot to foot. And I noticed this knot like right in the middle of my gut, like right below my ribs, like my sternum, like this knot. And I was trying to remember my lines, and I was pacing back and I was doing this rocking back and forth and I was going over the lines in my head and I was like, I could only get, uh, I would, I could get the first line and then my mind would reset and I couldn't remember the second line. So I'd start over 
and I'd get the first line down in my head, and then I couldn't remember the second line. And I was like, what is going on? I know my lines. It's rehearsed. Like, when you hear that song that you don't actually know the words to of the song until you actually hear the first word of the song or someone says the first, like, three words of the verse or something, and then it's like you know the entire song somehow, right? It triggers a memory subconsciously. You're like, boom, I know this song. I can sing the whole thing now. That is what my monologue, my TV commercial were like. I knew them, but I couldn't, I couldn't get them. I couldn't access them. And I was like, what is going on here? And it was the nervousness and the anxiety overtaking me. I wasn't in the zone. I was thinking, as Tim Grover would say. And, and you're not, and he says, to be in the zone, don't think. And I was like, okay, what do I, I got to do something here. I got to be, and you know, some stuff I learned from Samuel L. Jackson in the master class, some stuff I learned from Natalie Portman, from Christina Aguilera. Anyways, I decided, okay, I got to ground myself, right? So I decided I'm going to stand here and force my feet to come in contact with the ground and I'm not going to lift my feet, guys. And I kid you not, as soon as I immediately just stood there purposefully with no movement, this knot in my stomach expanded all the way down my legs, all the way to my toes, to my fingertips, to the top of my head. But it didn't leave my body. It just went through and through. And I think the reason why I felt like a knot is because all of that energy was trapped basically in my sternum, in my gut. But when I grounded myself, basically, and when I say grounded, all I did was force myself to stand still. As soon as I did that, and I breathed in and out and closed my eyes, I felt this knot just like spread out over my entire body. And I opened my eyes and I was like, holy shit, I'm in the zone. And I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even thinking. And all I was thinking was that, okay, keep this. How am I going to keep this? Feet just stay planted. That's it. Feet are stay planted and breathe. And so I remembered when I go out on stage, go out there and do my slate. So basically, hi, my name is Thomas. I am 33 years old. I am, my number is number 921 and I'm with Edge Agency. And then I take a half a step back, ground both feet to where they don't move, close my eyes, take a massive uncomfortable breath, awkward breath in front of 400 people, breathe it all out, and then come out at a thousand out of 10 energy level. Because if I come out at a nine out of 10, I'm actually only gonna come out at like a seven out of 10. So I'm gonna come out at like an 11 out of a 10 or like a thousand out of a 10. And then I'll actually maybe come out at like a nine out of 10 energy level. So I decided, okay, half step back, ground my feet, huge breath in, big breath out, so big that it looks weird in front of all these people. Um, and then breathe it all out, open my eyes, and all I got to do is say, say the first word, boom, boom, boom. So say the first word out loud, and the rest just came out, guys, like that song that you know every word to, but you don't know it until you hear the first word. And it just came out of me. I wasn't even thinking. I just knew it all, and I knew exactly what to do. And... I actually did miss one line, but no one would have ever known. I was so much in the zone. 
because I writ- I wrote my own monologue. No one would. No one ever knew. And you might think like, oh, that's awkward to go out and to take this big breath in front of people because you know they're going to be able to tell that you're nervous. And that makes perfect. That makes like you know. They're going to be able to tell you're nervous because you're out there, you're taking a big breath. But at the same time, I've, I saw people that were forgetting what they were doing up on stage. And it was like, uh, they walk up and they say, hey, my name is John. I'm number 444. I am with so-and-so agency. And then they would go, and then and they jump right into it. And they get one or two lines in and then they pause and they're like, uh, shit, shit, shit. Because they're thinking, they're thinking and they're being reactive to the environment. If no one was in that convention center, they likely would have just started at their own leisure. But because there's people there and they're kind of nervous and they just want to they want to start as soon as possible because they're afraid they're going to forget. I realized after watching these people, I was like, shit, that is not what I want to do. And I had seen some people do what I did, where they literally walked out, did did their slate, stood there, closed their eyes, took a huge breath. <sighs> blew it all out and started and they nailed it. They nailed it, nailed it. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's what I got to do. And for the judges of the acting, they know, they can tell like, oh, this person walked out, did their slate, took a half step back, prepared themselves, got themselves into character. You essentially breathe in. And then when you breathe out, you're getting into character. Open your eyes, drop the first word. The rest is history, right? Um, it shows that you have control of the situation as an actor. You have control of yourself, of your mind, of your emotions. I was like, shit, this is it. And then the same thing with my TV commercial, you guys. I was rocking back and forth in line again. And I was like, man, this knot, this knot. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ground myself. Boom. That knot expanded everywhere in my body. Went up on stage, did my slate, and I did it all in the same sequence, okay? Did my slate, half step back, closed my eyes, huge breath in, huge breath out, opened my eyes, now I was in character. Dropped the first word, boom, thousand out of 10. And I was like, holy shit, I finally figured out how to get into the zone. Unbelievable. And I wouldn't have learned that any of that if I didn't sign up for that 10 week mental warfare program the down and dirties with tim grover guys and if you're interested in that the next one is in 2020 january and we were getting two hours plus calls every tuesday guys or sorry yes every tuesday and then wednesdays we would basically talk about the call in the private facebook group of only 200 of us okay and then thursdays um was tim grover's choice and he would basically give us something to do that we had to do and post about um a video or whatever it be Friday was the weekly challenge for the weekend, guys. We had to go out and, you know, make a stranger laugh. Tell us, tell a, tell a joke to a stranger, for example, was one of them, um, and get it on video and then share it in the group. And for a lot of people, man, that's difficult to do. And that, I'm not gonna lie, that was difficult for me to do too. Um, and that one was all about. Well, I'm not. I don't want to get into the main reason for that challenge. Um, and guys, obviously, I don't get anything for getting any of you into working with Tim Grover. I just think it's that beneficial. And I think everything starts with the mental. 
um, and, 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 and health related, it starts with the gut because the gut feeds the brain. The brain controls all. So we can get into that in a different something, but um, that is like one of the main things I finally learned after 10 weeks was how to channel that the dark side energy, similar to like Paramount Podcast, Please Tell Me No, um, Deep Water. Guys, that is an unbelievable podcast. Um, peep that one if you have not listened to that one yet. But I learned one of many things I learned, because remember it was 10 weeks, was basically how to channel my dark side um, and how to get into the zone. And I didn't actually know how to get into the zone until I went to Faces West. And now I know how to get into the zone. And it's going to need continual practice, but still. Um, like I said, guys, I'm, in the, I'm, in, I'm already signed up for the next Down and Dirty in January 2020. I'm already, the private Facebook group has already started. And um, if you guys want any of that, let me know. I'll send you a link. And also, there's a Down and Dirtier that runs the same time in January. But you get two bonus weeks at the end, and you get five bonus mastermind calls every other week. Um, and then it's only 20 to 25 people in that group, guys. And you also get a live, in-person event with Tim himself. And I'm not doing that one currently. Uh, I'm not doing the 20 to 25. Uh, I'm not doing the uh, mastermind down and dirtier of the exclusive people of 20 to 25. Because uh, to be all honest with you, I don't have the cash for that one right now. Um, but I am in the second down and dirty program in January as well. So guys, if you even want to get in with that, work with me, be an ally with me, we can do it together, man. We can do it together. I'm all about, you know, sharing people that I know their expertise with people that will benefit. And I just want to get as many people in here that are interested. Um, Another thing, so some things that I basically learned that weren't necessarily like specifically taught in the D&D, in the Down and Dirty, but it's more kind of like what I learned myself, um, is basically like one thing is the dark side. And we all have a dark side, and I can get into the dark side another time, another episode, but basically my dark side was Tom. Um, And... Tom was around before I broke both of my ankles, had that workplace accident. And then I became Thomas for 10 years. And I was literally trying to remove Tom from my life and not let Tom back in my life ever. And there's, I struggled for many, 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 many years. And Tom always reared his ugly head and Tom always came back and Tom always won eventually. Whether it was through like financial stress and like, um, emotionally eating to deal with stress and things because I was basically not allowing Tom to come out. I refused. Um, Because, you know, Tom was a lot of, he was a party guy, smoked a lot of weed back in the day, smoked cigarettes. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to remove all of that from my life. Now, I don't, now, basically what I learned now after working with Tim Grover is that the dark side is back. Tom is back. Now, I don't like go out and smoke a whole bunch of weed and smoke cigarettes again, but that energy is back and I'm transmuting that and channeling that into other areas of my life. Um, and it's absolutely make it, it is, there's nothing more powerful, nothing. So now we essentially have Tom and Thomas working together as a team once again. 
and you know maybe now maybe now I'm gonna be you know introduce myself as Tommy, <laughs> kind of a hybrid between the dark side of Tom and the more sophisticated version of Thomas. Um, on the next thing, guys, just one of the other things that I basically kind of figured out working the down and dirty that we talked about was balance, right? And everyone has their, we all basically balancing the same four things. So there's basically health, um, and then work, career, family, and then friends and love. And for me right now, well, my balance, my balance will always be health will be always be number one. I will, I am totally fine with sacrificing some work or career or business for my health and the the problem was is that with the balance I was always trying to and I think a lot of us you know like high achievers and things are always trying to balance all those four things at 100 right and to balance four things at 100 would actually have to be like 400 percent and we only have a hundred percent and now I'm a lot more okay with letting things slide in a sense I didn't get a podcast out last week because I was busy working. I was busy competing at Faces West and I could have tried to do one, but it might have been half-assed. And I was just, I was, where in the past I would have really, really bothered me not to get one out because I made a commitment to get one out one per week. But, you know, at the same time I was okay with that because I knew now that my balance goes health work, career, family, friends, slash love and relationships. So my health is number one. I was taking care of that, getting up at 2.30 in the morning, 75 Harding, even though it's a mental program, right? Mental. I was still taking care of my health. I was tracking everything I was eating. I was still working with my coach, uh, Yaki Lovato. Um, and the podcast would be also career related, but Faces West and the scouts there took um they took hierarchy over the podcast so i had to learn to be okay with that and now my family in a sense is 3 and then friends and love is 4 and i'm okay with not being in a relationship or not trying to find somebody to be in a relationship right now because my balance goes health work family then love and that's totally okay i feel so much better in the last 12 weeks now. So you got to like figure out kind of like, what do you want? What is your balance? And be okay with things that fall under your first one, not getting as much attention as the first one. So you basically got to look in the mirror, you guys, and see the person. Like, do you look in the mirror and, and see a person that you relate to? Do you look in the mirror and see a person you relate to? Or do you see a shadow of like, of yourself? Um, you know, so basically what I'm asking is, who are you? Who are you now? Who do you want to be? And I want you to realize that actually who you want to be is who you actually are. And who you are right now is someone that you're not. Let me say that again, okay? Who, you, who are you? Ask yourself, who are you? Who are you at the core And now, who are you now? Okay? Now, who do you want to be? 
And now you need to realize that who you actually want to be is who you actually are. And who you are right now is really someone that you're not. You're a version of yourself that you're not. And you need to be clear on exactly what you want. Clarity is the first step, okay? And, oh, that is crazy, man. Who you actually want to be is who you actually are, which means that who you actually want to be is not something that's external or outside of you guys. You have to bring it out of you. It's all there. You think, I'm not confident. I'm not, I want to be confident. I want to be secure. I want to be charismatic. And it's not something that you need to like search out and, and learn how to be and how to do on the outside and bring it in. What it is, is it's already inside of you and you got to bring it outside of you. Who you want to be is who you actually are. That is so powerful. That is so powerful, man. That just blows my mind. I think it was Tim Grover that said, like, successful people make decisions quickly and change them slowly. And unsuccessful people make decisions slowly and change them often. And we just all need to remember that clarity is the very first step to anything. If you want anything in life, you want to travel, you don't know if your relationship, if you're, if you're in a good relationship, you need, number one thing is first, you need clarity on what you want. That's the number one thing. If you don't know what you want, you can't change anything, guys. Oh, man. I feel like I got so much more to say, but this is already going on an hour. Um, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of an idea from... Um, Tom Bilyeu, for those of you who don't know, he's like the Quest nutrition dude who I think sold it for billions. Um, and he had posted something on his IG the other day that was like basically, um, you know, everyone always saying like, oh, don't, you know, like, don't care about what other people say and, and, and don't, you shouldn't use that as motivation and uh, who cares what people think and what people say of you? You shouldn't use that as motivation. You should be all like, um, coming from like abundance and you should all be like just worrying about yourself and challenging your, and, 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 and it's not about competing with anybody. It's about, all about competing about yourself and challenging yourself. And there's all merit to all of that. But what Tim says is when you get absolutely hammered down, when you get absolutely beat down to the dirt, into the mud over and 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 over again and nobody's helping you and you just keep getting hammered and nobody believes in you and everyone tells you that you can't do anything and everyone thinks that you're just going to be a failure, that chip on your shoulder will be the only thing that will get you out of that hole. That list of people who told you no, who have told you you're too short to be a model. You're too fat to be a model or an actor. Or you're too dumb to be a lawyer or to be a doctor or to be this or to be that. It's that list of people that have told you no that are going to get you out of that hole. It's not going to be like, you're not going to be in this hole and be like, oh no, I'm just, who cares what people think? I just got a challenge against myself. That shit won't get you out of the darkest places, you guys. He says, Tim says, Tim, Tom says, anger is created for a reason. Don't be afraid to use it. 
That's the dark side, guys. Make a list of those people that have told you no. That is going to be the only thing that gets you out of those darkest places when everything in the entire world has hammered you down into nothing. It's not going to be that whole abundance shit of not caring about what people think and only worrying about yourself and only challenging yourself and comparing yourself to yourself. No. The only thing that's going to get you out of that hole is remembering every single person that has told you no, comparing yourself to every single person that has told you no, proving everyone else wrong, growing that chip on your shoulder bigger than anything ever in your life. And when you get out of that hole, then you can go back to the abundance because you have to be careful. The dark side will consume you, but it is also the only thing that will get you out of the darkest places. Go listen to that podcast, guys. Please tell me no. I beg you to tell me no. I beg you to tell me no. I love it when you tell me no. Because I'm going to go into deep water. Oh, boys, got and you know in deep water, nothing survives in deep water. There's no light there. There's no oxygen there. The pressure is so strong in deep water, guys, that everything gets crushed. You know what's in deep water is all the people that have told me no. And I love it. This is getting a little bit dark, isn't it? (laughs) Guys, I'm going to leave it at this. We're over an hour. But because this is also a relationship and lifestyle podcast, I am going to leave it with kind of a quote from Tim S. Grover himself um, when it comes to basically finding someone, a partner. And I used to always think like, because I'm very intense, right? Very, I don't know if you'd say type A personality or whatever, but I'm very intense, self-motivated. Um, I just want to absolutely crush and annihilate everything in life, just to be an anomaly. And I always think that I need someone who's the complete opposite of me to balance me out. Um, someone who's just not as intense, someone who can kind of bring me at, bring me back to reality, right? Who's a little bit more on the, you know, lighter side of things, the brighter side of things. Until I heard Tim Grover say that basically, you know, if you wonder why you're you're struggling to find somebody to spend your life with, um, and you feel like you got to always like explain why you're getting up at 2.30 in the morning to go to the gym, why you're doing 75 hard, why you're doing working with like 15 coaches and why you're always getting out of your comfort zone and why you're always trying to learn new things and why you know you think that you're just you've always could have done better and you just could never do good enough and trying to explain that to someone who's complete opposite of you and tries to bring you back to reality and just wants you to calm down and to be cool to unwind. And as Tim Grover says, I don't want to, why do you want to unwind? I don't want to unwind. I like being wound. And he basically goes on to say that stop looking 
for you're looking for the wrong person. Stop looking for someone that's like going to balance you out. What you need to do is just find someone who is as crazy as you are.